Joanna Perpich and Megan Duffy. Megan, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. I've been yeah. really busy. Been really busy with work and also um, buying taxidermy. What? <laughs> I've been buying like little pieces of taxidermy because I'm redecorating my house and I've got a whole wall of stuff that I need to like. I have a whole wall that I need to decorate. So I've been. Oh, buying, got like, it. Okay, yeah. so for a second, all I heard was taxidermy, and I'm just like, well, you know what? People are picking up new hobbies during quarantine. Maybe Megan is stuffing subway rats. Okay, my apartment's not big enough for that kind of chemical um, reaction, so I'm just buying it instead. I'm excited. I'll show you a picture great. when I'm done. Yeah. No, I am all into taxidermy. There's actually a bar near where I live called Talon. It's like this goth bar in Bushwick. Mm. Have you been there, Megan? No, we should go whenever you come back. A little out of your way. But it is amazing because they have, um, it's definitely not an elephant leg, but it is because they're endangered and you should not have elephant legs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is like some like large mammal's leg that has been um, taxidermied, you know, like stuffed and then turned into a lamp. Oh, my God. And they have all sorts of that stuff everywhere. Um, I took special friend of the show, Ashton Baker, there for Halloween. Um, we'd only been dating for a few months. And I'm just like, oh, you'll love this bar so much. It's one of my favorites. And he got in there, and he's just like, is this your favorite bar? And I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> but it totally <laughs> is. And they make really excellent cocktails. And they're, like, a little bit expensive, sure, but... They're good, so you don't really mind. They're not, like, so overpriced that you hate yourself. Right. So it's, they're appropriately sized for how expensive they are. You know, I get it. I should go. 
when things are things are happening around here. Things are, not, things, are, things are not happening around here. But yeah, they said the beaches are going to be open, but I'm like, yeah, that's really what I want to do. Go to a full beach. That's great. Yeah, so how is New York? We're going to be in the South for the summer. Um, we probably won't be getting back until September. Because mm-hmm. uh, some family stuff has come up. So we are staying down here to pitch in. Of course. Take care of our folks. I am the last Duffy standing in New York. All oh. of my siblings have left. My other rider dies have all fled the state. Uh, one of them comes in intermittently. Um, so I'm just kind of like floating in the ether with my math friends and work friends, but everybody that I usually Zoom with or Skype with or whatever is out of state. So mm. kind of flying solo, which is fine. I'm used to flying solo. Um, I I really want to go to the beach um, on during like and get a suntan time during the instead of like seven a.m. But I'm mm-hmm. just not I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah, are there a lot of people when you go out? Well, I go like from seven to nine thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. right? So you get a little bit of sun, but it's mostly just to have coffee and be outside. Yeah. Uh, um. So not then, but. Yeah, you can see the people walking to the beach. There's a lot of people going to the beach. Wow. Um, And lifeguards will be on duty starting tomorrow. mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Fourth of July weekend doesn't... I don't know, man. Yeah, we're probably not doing anything. We were going to get some fireworks because his parents have a... The wor- either the world's smallest lake or a well-sized pond in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, the house, like, butts up to it. And so I think that they usually shoot firecrackers off from there. And, you know, they have, like, grandkids running around. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, I think it's safe to say that Texas and Louisiana are probably not doing great when it comes to COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, like, I went to uh, Target in Houston last week to buy masks. And I I swear to God, there was only, like, two people wearing masks out of, like, 20 people in the store. And I was just kind of like, I just bought a bunch. Would you like me to give you one? Right. But no, they think that it makes them look like a wuss or something well i bought you want to see mine yeah can you see it oh my goodness okay so for the viewer i mean the listener sorry it has these like little black spikies all over it it's very cool it looks kind of nightclubby so it was it's from a nightclubby club but it's got a um uh i can put um, my charcoal filter inside so Yeah, and I can um, just sit it in the little wool light bin and let it rinse. Yeah. I mean, if you have to, if you have to wear it, I was gonna just—I'm not gonna wear something that I don't like, ever. Mm-hmm. So I invested in two of those. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Shout out to where you got them. Etsy. Etsy. Etsy's got the best masks, and they <laughs> ship almost immediately. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now that we've had a moment to catch up, I just realized that uh, we've been so much more efficient with our episodes, so we haven't had 
um, too many recently that are just us being us. So I thought it would be nice for us to, you know, include a little bit of our lives. I totally agree. Sometimes I do wish that we didn't have the 59 minute deadline, but we do. So there it is. And uh, so for this episode, we're continuing our series on race and criminal justice. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very important. And um, we're going to keep on going with this for a bit just because um, I I think that there's like a lot of misinformation, um, a lot of just like fake stuff <laughs> going around yeah uh, there's, a, there's also there's also a lot of basic bitches doing stupid shit yeah um do you want to announce what this episode will be about fake 911 calls or i have a whole list of them too karen's karen's yeah. we're gonna talk about karen's today yeah 911 not... karen's strike again <laughs> mm. yep um, so I guess I just, I just kind of dove in. There's nationwide, there's an estimated 240 million calls to 911 annually. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't do the math, but I got that New York City gets about 4,000 a day pre-COVID. <sighs> COVID, That's it was a lot. Yeah, COVID was like 6,500, though, if you can imagine, at its peak. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, insane. So, but I read an article on the New York Daily News that said it was about one every seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Wow. It yeah. really puts it into perspective. Yeah. And, I mean, so, 911 calls run the gamut, right? There's definitely people... We just use 911 for too many things, these poor dispatchers. Um, so... We have people who need medical attention, right? And I think for the most part, that is not what we're going to be talking about today. No, I did not cover medical yeah. attention. Um, There's ours, also response yeah. to break-ins, other um, property crimes, violent crimes. Um, those kinds of things, you know, definitely deserve a 911 call with a police presence. A fire deserves a 911 call, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um most of the things that I saw, because I didn't, I didn't intentionally dive into this stuff because I know as a person what I should be calling nine one one for. So I completely negated that. So do you have? Yeah. Do, what do you have to open with? Uh, yeah. So basically, we're just going to be going over like kind of like race based nine one one calls, typically by white people who are all up in a tizzy by folks doing incredibly boring, mundane things. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I don't really have too many specifics, specific occasions, uh, but just to uh, give you a (laughs) list of the dumb things that white people have called 911 on black people for doing. Mm -hmm. We have using a phone in a hotel lobby, having a picnic, trying to cash a check, their own check, babysitting white children. I saw that one today. Let me see. Mowing their lawns, selling water, eating at Subway, sleeping in a college common room, um, entering their own apartment building. Having lunch by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let me see. 
I actually uh, read this article by um, a woman that was published in in Vox, and her name is Rachel Heron. She used to be a 911 operator, and so she was writing this article about her personal experience. Did you see this one as well? I skimmed it, yeah. 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 And so she said that, like, every day without a fail, there would be someone calling 911 for something that is not only not an emergency, but that is also, um, like, explicitly Mm race-based. And so, for example, um, this man gave her his address, and then he said, there's a woman pushing a shopping cart in front of my house. You need to get here now. And she's like, uh, what's your emergency? Like, I'm not quite sure I understand the situation. Can you give me more details? And then eventually he's like, she's black. And the thing is, is if you're a 911 operator, no matter how ridiculous or like racist or um, what have you, you have to, you know, like dispatch someone. Yeah. And you so, also, when you're because I, in that article, she said we're the only emergency responders that are ever recorded. So I have to be very careful with my language when I'm talking to this person, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also like um, she can't not send somebody, you know, that's like their policy is every single 911 call has to be followed up on by either like law enforcement or the fire department or the ambulance. Mm hmm. And uh, so she wrote, like, a note being like, this is not an emergency. If you have the time, this woman seems a little bit difficult. And, or this man seems a little bit difficult. And, like, sure enough, it was just a black woman, groceries, whatever. Like, and they were saying that this, like, man was just, like, very adamant. It's like, oh, we don't get this, quote, type here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so Rachel was saying that as a 911 operator is like incredibly frustrating and disheartening because the operators aren't really in a position to like tell the man, like, you just suck it up. She's on the sidewalk. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, this mm-hmm. is this is with you. Right. You know? Yeah. So then the night they dispatch somebody and it's the cop's job to be like, whatever, this is not, you know, and they and. They all know it's going to be a waste of their time, generally mm-hmm. speaking, right? So, what, like, what are they supposed to do when they show up and this lady's just walking around with her grocery getter? Yeah. Uh, what ones did you have? I have a long list because <laughs> I hate these things. Um, do you want to start with um, the reason the bill is in the new? Uh, police reform bill. Do you want to start with that one? Um, Central Park Karen, or do you want me to go further down the list? Maybe further down the list, because I was going to talk about that with, um, I found like a bunch of different laws that are being passed um, in different places. Okay, so I'm going to start with Permit Patty. Okay. Um, she went viral back in 2018 after threatening to report an eight-year-old little black kid for, quote, illegally selling water without a permit, unquote. You mentioned this one in your in your list of stupid things that white people call for. Um, she 
talking to CNN, the woman, uh, Permit Patty's real name is Allison Attell, explained that she was becoming increasingly frustrated as someone was, quote, shouting outside her bottle or her apartment while she was trying to work selling $2 bottles of water for sale. So she decided to call 911 after they refused to leave. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she didn't decide to call from inside the house. Mm-hmm. She called She called from the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And the mother of this child, who's just trying to hydrate his neighbors and make a couple of bucks, uh, starts filming. She ducks behind a wall to try and hide. And then the mom's like, yo... You can't, you can't hide. Like, what are you doing? This is the video that everybody saw. Mm-hmm. So, um, Permit Patty um, claims that it was just a fake call to the 911. But when the video was actually released, you could hear her um, calling to report the kid. For selling water without a permit. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, so she um, faced a huge backlash, which led to her resigning from her role as CEO of the cannabis based company Treat Well Health. Oh my God. Quite frankly, you need to take a little more CBD in your life, girl. Well, and then also, it's kind of like, I don't know, I live in a neighborhood that can be kind of noisy, you know? Um, but it's like, if you're living in an apartment, especially if you're living in an apartment, there's going to be a certain amount of noise. And I'm sure that kid isn't staying out there for more than like two hours. Clearly it's very hot if he's selling water, you know, but it's like noise complaints. You just, I, I almost, that's not something that you should call the police about. No, I almost I almost always refuse to even file a noise complaint. I try and address it with the neighbors first. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, you know, usually they're. Oh, yeah, I'll turn the music down or whatever. But that's not even this. They she wanted them to leave her block or her sidewalk or whatever that they were doing. She just didn't want them there. Yeah. And they had every right to be there. And you always wonder, it's like, would she have reacted the same if it was some little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl selling lemonade? Probably not. Just going to say that. Probably not. Probably would have bought the whole stand for her to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next up is Barbecue Becky, which was a huge hit on the internet. Yeah, I definitely saw, I read about that one. This one is uh, particularly good. She's Her name is Jennifer Schulte. And back in April of 2018, she called 911 on Kenzie Smith and his friends for enjoying a nice barbecue in Lake Merritt Park in Oakland, California. She claimed to 911 that they were using a charcoal grill in one of the park's designated non-charcoal grilling zones. Yeah. Uh, So she made not one, but two calls to law enforcement about the incident. Now, the first one, she demanded that the situation be dealt with immediately so that the coals don't burn more children and we don't have to pay more taxes. Like these, It's like what? these guys are standing in the park throwing hot coals at everybody. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
cloudy with a chance of hot coals. Okay. Um, a few hours later, when nothing happened, she called again, claiming that she needed the police to come and help her because the family followed her out of the park. Now, they did, but because they were filming her. One, one person was filming her. Yeah, and I was going to say, it's not like they were just following her out of the park. She was probably standing there yelling at them for like an hour. Yeah, she was. So, um, a few months after this incident, the police released the audio of the call where you can hear the dispatcher questioning her mental state. Um, something that the police actually did when they showed up with their 5150 psych hold evaluation questionnaire. Uh-huh. And they ultimately decided that she wasn't a danger to herself or others, but did wonder why she was so worked up over the incident. You could have just fucking left, lady. You were already leaving. Why didn't you just leave? The thing is, though, okay, so I will, I mean, I got this, it's all over the internet, but the one, the thing that I saw, the, the most interesting part about this is when on the second call, the 911 dispatcher was sort of trying to assess this woman's mental state, and she was asking her all kinds of questions, and when the 911 dispatcher asked her what her race was so the police could identify her in the park, she says, my race doesn't matter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there. Um, what was her reaction when she figured out that they were doing a psych evaluation on her? She, the video in my, I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch it again because I didn't, whatever. But um, I do recall her being very upset and like crying. Yeah. 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 Sometimes um, I wish we did a vlog so that people could see how far back my eyes rolled. I know. I mean, <laughs> we maybe we could, but I just need more time to put on the eye. I didn't put on the eyebrows this week because I didn't have any Zoom calls for work. <laughs> um. Okay, so next I've got Key Fob Kelly. Oh boy! First of all. Whoever names these on the internet is a genius, right? Just, yeah. I'm just telling you. Also, back in 2018, Hillary Mueller, was, um, who's now named Keith Bob Kelly, uh, was uh, filmed blocking her black neighbor from entering their St. Louis luxury apartment building. Right? Um. So she confronts him. She's like, do you live here? And he says, yes, I live here. And he's, he's got keys. And she doesn't believe that he lives there. So she continually blocks um, and questions. His name is um, Darian Tolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After ignoring his several polite requests for her to move aside. And you can see in the video that she's um, constantly demanding that he tell her what unit he lives in. I would not tell a random person who was accosting me my address. One. And two, she also was got basically bitching at him because he had her his phone in her face. Right? So, and this all happened, like, shortly after Barbecue Becky. Right? Like, so, mm-hmm. this is a thing. Yeah. So, she, she refused to move out of the doorway. Um, and he sort of like squeezed his way past and then um 
So she follows him to the elevator and asks who he's there to see. Yeah. He's just then, like, my apartment? So they're in the elevator together. And he fo- she follows him to his apartment. And then she changed her tune, saying that she wanted to introduce herself as his neighbor. But she had called the cops on him. So the, the police show up and end up knocking on Darian Tolles' door about 30 minutes later. Um, nothing happened. No charges were filed on either party. I don't know why charges weren't filed on her. Uh, following the incident, Keep Bob Kelly says she's been labeled a racist. But she says that's just simply not true. Uh-huh. Okay. Especially because she was legally married to a person of color. Uh, later reports say that her estranged husband, Brandon Mueller, says that he's deeply disappointed by the, quote, individual. And they've been estranged for over a year. I think she got fired from her job, too. But I didn't see the full report on that. Are you there? Yeah, my internet just went out, um, but it's back. (laughs) Okay. I put myself off video because I'm hoping it'll make it go faster. Okay. Uh, I got another one. This one's a dude. Mm Mm-hmm. He's... Well, uh, I actually have one. Okay. Go ahead. Although I don't have quite as much detail as you do. Uh, But I was reading this NPR article about what it's like to be black in America, Mm -hmm. black in the United States. And uh, they were talking to this one mom, and she's talking about something that happened to her son and his friend. And it's pretty heartbreaking. So you have these two young black boys. They are, it sounded like they were maybe like in middle school, you know, like maybe between like 10 and 13 and uh, they were walking to, like, a Papa John's or something to pick mm-hmm. up pizza for dinner. And this person driving past saw them walking down the street, supposedly aimlessly. And so the, uh, they called the cops and they told the police that the boys had a BB gun. So, really? of course, the police come out. They stop the kids. Is there a BB gun? Absolutely not. You know, and even if there was, it's not illegal to, you can have a BB gun. But anyway. um, And so, like, the mom was just telling this, like, NPR reporter about, like, first off, it's, like, really. Um, but also, like, in general, uh, there have been reports coming from um, police officers and from 911 operators uh, that people will regularly call 911 and kind of like up the ante a bit and mm-hmm. just say stuff that's like blatantly untrue to get the cops to come out faster, you know? And so, like, if they want um, a police officer to come out right away, they'll oftentimes say, like, oh, I think I see a gun, you know, because in the police, it gets bumped up on their priority. Right. That seems to be the general consensus through all of these that, um, these white people escalate it to a point where 
uh, it's just a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that can also be really dangerous, right? It can, be re- you know? it can be really dangerous. Like, they, you know, if you tell, if you call 911 and, see, and you tell them that you see a black man or a black kid running around with a gun, how do you think the police are going to respond? Well, actually, let me see. Um, in Ohio, uh, John Crawford um, is a black man who was killed by the police um, when a white man called 911 on him, claiming that he was swinging a gun and pointing at people at, at a Walmart. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and so yeah. security footage shows him, shows John, the victim, uh, picking up a toy gun, a toy gun mm-hmm. and i mean he's kind of like carrying it by his side as he shops i mean it's like swinging a little bit but like in the way that anything that you pick up or and are like lackadaisically holding is going to swing it's not like he's like aiming it at people and then also for love of god guys it's a toy like just anyway um so the police enter the store with their guns drawn and um just from the video footage you see like the police enter and then he just drops the gun trips over himself and it goes like sprawling on the floor and so um the video the reporter who was analyzing this suggests that it looks as though the police fired almost immediately upon entering the store like as soon as they saw him they were like not giving him a chance at all to to just like talk to him or even like assess the situation and so it's like like, some of these stories are, I mean, it's easy to, like, give them a, give the Karens, like, a nickname and for you to, for someone to just be like, oh, wow, that's, like, racist, but also, like, lol, I can't believe they're threatened by a bird watcher. But, like, this does have, like, very serious consequences for, it does. you know? It abs- 100%. It absolutely does. Like, all of these could have gone horribly awry. They could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not up on my history. Did did someone call 911 on Tamir Rice? Do we remember that at all? I believe so. But I would have to look. Yeah, responding to a police dispatch regarding a um, man who had a gun. A man. Okay. A 12-year-old man? Well, they say, um, quote, male, but I'm assuming. It's not like they were like, oh, I see a kid with a gun. Right. Although I was also reading that... Oh, never mind. I don't want to say anything in accurate regards to this, so I am... Yeah, no, it's a... It's a case that I haven't read up on in some time. Um, I just wanted to know if someone called nine one one on him, or they, if someone if they just pulled up on him. Yeah. So let me see. This is from Wikipedia, so please do further research. But it says a nine one one caller who was sitting near a gazebo reported that someone, possibly a juvenile, was pointing a pistol at random people. Um, the caller said twice that the gun was probably fake. 
Um, according to police spokesman, it was initially unclear whether or not that information had been relayed to the dispatched officers. Um, that yeah, seems there like a lot of failings seems, in that. Yeah, but it seems like that seems kind of like something that you wouldn't leave out if you were a dispatcher. But then maybe I don't know. I mean, it's a high-stress job. Maybe maybe they did. I don't know. It's unclear if the 911 call has been released. I don't think, I don't think it has been. So that would the, definitely say one way or the other. Um, it, but also, if you think that a gun is probably fake, then and if the kid is not... I don't know if I would have called 911 on that. No. If you think the gun is fake and the kid is in the park, then why the hell would you call 911 in the first place? Yeah. And then something else that I think that we didn't get into um, is that we live in a horribly racist world. And mm-hmm. I think that there's things that, say, like toy companies can do. You know, um, like under the assumption that like the police are probably going to continue to shoot black people and racist white people are going to continue to call 911 on black people. I don't something to consider would be to make guns that don't that could not be mistaken. As real. Well, I, I thought about that a while ago and then but like gun manufacturers are making hot pink, you know, 45 caliber revolvers. So yeah, how do you, how do you make it not real? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just not make them. Yeah, I mean, like it feels gross even suggesting that because it almost feels like victim blaming, and but and it's like no child's fault ever for <laughs> no. playing with a toy. No, I'm not victim blaming at all. I'm not. Um, but it's just kind of like <laughs> situations like this are so unnecessary on so many fronts. And I think that there should be a, tr- a push to try to solve it in every way possible. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I don't, I don't see the need for toy guns, you know, like I, I just don't. I mean, it's a holdover from, you know, when you were playing, um, Cowboys and Indians, or whatever they played in the '40s, which is also problematic. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. And then something I read this really wonderful, thoughtful quote um, that was uh, written by Carl Takai, senior staff attorney at the ACLU's Trone Center for Justice and Equality, and he says. By enforcing the will of white people to exclude black and brown people from public space and everyday activities, these officers recall the role of law enforcement in maintaining Jim Crow and, before that, slavery. And it's kind of this idea of, like, like weaponizing the fact that police are going to listen to white people more. Oh, yeah. You know? And, um... I really do think that when we talk about these 911 calls, it is important to consider that, you know, like there was a time where 
there is widespread acceptance for these types of calls, you know, and that this really is um, a mirror to Jim Crow. Oh, it totally is. Here's uh, here's one that I was going to mention um, that totally fits into all of this. And, and it actually relates more parallel to George Floyd than than um, I realized at first. Mm-hmm. So uh, July of last year, CVS Health Corp had to apologize to Camille Hudson, 53, who is an African-American woman, after a manager of one of their Chicago stores, who is also president of the local Illinois Log Cabin Republican chapter, mm-hmm. wrongly accused her of using a counterfeit coupon and called the police on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started filming on and put it Facebook Live on mm-hmm. the, on the store manager whose name is Maury Matson. He's the log cabin Republican, um, and ultimately two employees were fired for these accusations. He's been dubbed by the internet Coupon Carl. Uh, God only knows what other things that um, that Camilla had to go through after that, but uh, I'm hoping that CVS sent her a large check as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, even if the coupon was counterfeit, why would you ever call the police on something like that? Honestly, like just be like, "Hey, this is this is no good." Yeah. Sorry. It's like it's that, it's that simple. Sorry, have girl. Have y'all forgotten so conflict resolution? Well, common decency. Yeah. Well, common decency. Um. Let me see. Do you have any other ones, or do you want to go into kind of like some of the solutions? Um. I have one more. This is recent. Her name is, uh, um, well, you know, we have um, uh, Essential Park Care. It was Allison Cooper. So um, she's the one that called the 911 on the bird watcher. But she also ended up using a fake voice to sound like she was much more distressed. But that's not the one I want to tell you about. Okay. I want to tell you about. Shortly after that, there was Svetlana Flom, who uh, is apparently an Instagram influencer, and she calls oh herself boy. a lifestyle entertaining expert. And uh-huh. report- All right. yes, girl, reportedly co-owns Madison Vivian, a French restaurant in New York. She called the cops when she saw a black woman sitting in a park. The woman... Uh- yeah, the woman who's been identified as Brown Sugar Baby on Instagram showed several videos of this woman calling the cops on her and saying the incident started because Flum was, quote, too alarmed that I was sitting comfortably in her neighborhood. So this black woman was just sitting there on a park, in the park on a sunny day on the Upper West Side, enjoying her afternoon. 
evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole incident took about 40, oh, sorry, 15 minutes. Um, so she called uh, Svetlana Flom, called the cops multiple times. Um, the first time was because she thought uh, Brown Sugar Baby was smoking in public. By the third call, it was because I was threatening her and her children, which goes to your earlier statement about uh, white people escalating the call to get the police out there faster. Mm-hmm. Um, the calls got more and more manic, and um, there's a video that hits the New York Daily News and the New York Post. Flom is also visibly pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband straight up walks away from her and her kids ride bikes and play in the background. Um, the most insane part about this whole thing is that Fung waited for the police to arrive. She calmly sat across from this poor woman on another bench. I mean, how dangerous, how dangerous is this woman if you're going to sit across on another bench in the same park waiting for the police to show up. Your kids mm-hmm. are playing on their bikes and your husband has left you. Yeah. yeah. Like not at all. Yep. So, um, when Paige Six called Flom, Svetlana Flom, she said that she called the cops to put her narrative on video to make me look like a racist, right? But I'm, I mean, the, uh, the cops report that the sh- when they finally showed up, she declined to do anything because nothing can be done about a woman peacefully sitting in a park in her own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I always wonder about how... Well, I get how these people, like, live anywhere, but especially in a city like New York where you're just interacting with so many people that it's almost beyond belief that someone can live in this much of a bubble to be threatened by a woman who's in the same park as you. Actually, she was in the park first, and this woman just, this, this flom showed up later. Yeah. You know, like, I it's... It's frustrating. It's bullshit. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then I think that, like, the, one of the more recent ones uh, that has made the, the news locally is um, the um, woman in Central Park. Do you want to do her and then we can talk about the law? Yeah, Alice. I want to call her Alice Cooper. Hang on one second. Which would be very unfortunate because I love Alice Cooper. Um, beep, beep, beep. Okay. It's Amy Cooper. Um, otherwise known as Central Park Karen. Um, back in, I think it was May, right? No, March. It was before like COVID got super crazy. Anyway, so she long ago. So long ago, like the days I can't even tell you. So she's in the park walking her dog off the leash. And a 
place where she's uh, I think it's called the uh, the Ramble in the park. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Central Park that often, so if I'm not right on that, forgive me. And she's me. also not supposed to have her dog off leash there. Right, exactly. So, uh, and Christian Cooper, who is the, um, by the way, he's kind of handsome, uh, black man who is just in the park bird watching with his, he's got his, um, his bird watching glasses on. What are they called, girl? Please. Binoculars? There you go. I was going to call them stethoscopes, but that's not what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, he looks like he would, like, co-host a TV show on PBS. Yeah, he looks like a bird watcher. He looks like an L.L. Bean catalog, right? So he's he's just, he kind of pops out of the bushes because he was looking at something else. Probably startled her, which, you know, that's fine. But instead of, um, he says to her, hey, your dog's not your dog's not supposed to be off leash. Could you put your dog back on the leash in this part? Because he's being, you know, a bird lover. He's probably also worried about nests and other things. And mm-hmm. But instead of complying with his request, she threatens him by saying, I'm going to tell 911 that there's an African-American man threatening my life. And so she did. She called 911 in this, like, overly fake distress bullshit voice, exaggerating um, to the person that she's talking to uh, on the 911 call. And it was about a 33-second call. And she made sure to repeat to the operator that um, Christian Cooper was an African-American man who was threatening her and her dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, Karmic Justice hits the internet faster than anything else after the clip was posted by his sister. She ended up losing her job and her dog. Yeah. Although I think she got the dog back. No, it was already... I read it was adopted out. Oh, really? Yeah. Could have been just a foster thing, but I read it was adopted out. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And quite frankly, fine. That's what she, If you're going to treat human... That... Being a human being on, means that you understand how you treat people is how you're going to get treated. Yeah. And that's what you deserve, in my fucking humble opinion. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that all of these examples had to occur. Uh, but um, Cuomo, when he signed the bill recently for, uh, for police reform, mm-hmm. they included, let me see, They uh, included something um, like a clause that outlaws false race-based 911 calls. Cuomo actually, yeah, he actually called it the Amy Cooper bill. So, against false 911 accusations. It was originally originally introduced in 2018, but I love the fact that she will go down in history as the Amy Cooper bill against false 911 accusations. Yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a potential hate crime mm-hmm. in New York State for yeah. bogus bullshit callers. Yep. And there are similar, um, a similar law was passed in 2019 in Oregon. And since then, um, laws have been passed in Washington, New Jersey, and Minnesota. 
And Minnesota. Um, I, ooh, mm-hmm. I didn't know Minnesota did that. Okay. Okay. Go Minnesota. Um, that would make a criminal misdemeanor to racially profile uh, people of color for participating in their lives. And it would be a $500 fine. Um, and then in Detroit, um, Mark Peoples is, he actually filed a $300,000 lawsuit against these three white women who were basically stalking and harassing him. Uh, they called the cops on him like many, many times for more than a year. And um, let me see, the accusations um, included that he had committed a drive-by shooting, that he was stalking them, that he was a convicted pedophile. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually went to court, and the judge threw the case out, saying that the woman's claims were, quote, ridiculous and a waste of the court's time and resources. Oh, my um, God. I hope he people... turned around and sued them for something. Well, he is. He's suing them for $300,000 of um, damages. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that this was, like, devastating. Um, he is a um, lawn guy. Uh, they called him while he was working in, like, neighbor's gardens. He said that he has lost his garden contracts. He's had to spend money on his defense attorneys to keep him out of jail. You know, and so, again, it's like, um, like even if the police don't kill anyone you know like these these 911 calls are uh they're serious like you are doing harm to this person yeah for calling 911 on this bullshit you know and he says uh quote people make it a joke and make up these nicknames but lives have been destroyed and lives have been lost for these reasons oh absolutely yeah well, that brings me to my last one. And this one, I didn't want to include it in Karen's because this is a, it's a it's a very different. Uh, Teresa Klein, who's, uh, this is in Brooklyn, who ended up as corner store Carolyn, claimed on a video that a child grabbed her butt as he walked into the store in a Brooklyn deli. Mm-hmm. And she accused this like nine-year-old kid of of sexually assaulting her. Ugh. Yeah. Se- security footage shows that his backpack merely brushed her um her brush brush her back as the family walked out of the crowded deli. Mm-hmm. Witnesses can be seen on video defending the kid and denying any of the claims, but of course she had to go on her goddamn tirade. Whip out her phone and call 911. Yeah. So he and his sister are crying because she said, I'm calling the cops because you did this. The footage was released and um, she's charged. She was eventually charged with harassment and false reporting of a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and cases like that really um, show that since Emmett Till's death, well, murder, we have really not progressed as much as we'd like to think. It's interesting you say that because borough president 
Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams aligned aligned the whole thing with a modern day Emmett Tillett moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, do you have any closing thoughts before we end this episode? Stop fucking calling 911 on black people. Yeah. I don't know how to say that and put it into people's heads. But, uh, yeah, just like. Chill the fuck out. Think, Take some you know, CBD. like, do we actually need the police to intervene? Chill the fuck out. Take some CBD. Stay home. You know, don't. People like, are just, allowed to be in a park with you. People are allowed to be on public spaces, sidewalks. They're allowed to be in stores. They're allowed to do all kinds of things. Present coupons to you. Present $20 bills to you. Mm-hmm. Everybody just needs to take two steps back and chill the fuck out. Like, really? Yeah. And if you are feeling uncomfortable, um, then, like, don't take the idea, don't take the thought that racism is playing into it off the table, you know? Like, if you're a white person and you find yourself feeling kind of uneasy, maybe look around and see. (laughs) If you have common sense, if you were gifted with it, because I know you're not born with it. Is this actually a situation where? Yeah, if it's if it's a place where you actually your hair is up on the back of your neck for real reasons, take that under advisement. But quite frankly, come on. Yeah. Common sense. <laughs> it's not that common, so we just need to call it sense. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm sorry. No, that's it. I'm done. I'm. I'm. I just, you know. Um, oh, there was this one crazy thing that. This is only fake calls. I can. It's a. It's like this super extreme example of fake nine one one calls. It has nothing to do with white people calling on black people, but it is crazy. Do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Back in November. The NYPD busted a one Bronx woman who could be potentially responsible for 24,000 bogus 911 calls. Whoa. They what did you call 911 about? Okay, well, there's clearly, after I dug deeper into this one, because I was like, what the fuck is this? There's clearly some mental illness mm. on ad- unaddressed. But the day they arrested her, she had called 911 200 times that day. Oh, my God. And, yeah. So, there was a pattern of five months where they she averaged about 100 a day. She believes that, um, and this is where the mental health problem comes in, but she believes that the fire and police have uh, hired gangsters to come and kill her. Mm. Huh. Um, she placed most of them are placing 911 calls to state that there's fire and smoke coming from the basement of a building either across the street from her or next to her she was arrested and charged with making a false false fire report a false mm-hmm. 
emergency report obstructing governmental administration and aggravated harassment. Um, she faced one to one year in jail to seven years uh, felony charges um, and a slew of other things. So that's like the extreme, extreme case that I found in New York. I didn't find any criminal files on her, so I don't mm-hmm. actually know what happened. She may have just been sent to a hospital for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, I would like to think that maybe like <laughs> the judge looked at this case and was like, uh, you sound like you have some paranoia. Why don't we get you help? Although our criminal just- justice system is stiller, so I'm sure that reasonable precautions were taken. Right. Not- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Charlene McRae. Uh, yeah, so that was, I was just floored. Like, that's, what, I don't, 200 calls a day. I don't know. That's, that's a lot of time. I think I might make five calls a day on a busy day. You think that they would have picked up a I mean, yeah, they said that they were to be able to track her on her unregistered prepaid cell phone. Which is crazy, because that's how many calls she was making if they picked up on her unregistered prepaid cell phone. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, my internet is causing some problems, so I think we should uh, wrap it up. And hopefully next week we will be able to have a stronger signal. That's why I just um, keep... That's why I just keep talking, girl. I'll just keep talking. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Crime Talk BK. New episodes every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. To noon. 